Web3 Trenches podcast with your hosts, KH and Web3 Dev. Welcome to the front lines of Web3, where every week we bring you all the most exciting and relevant developments. All of Web3 with none of the BS. So let's get knee deep into these trenches. GM friends, this is the second of the two ETH Demo special episodes. We'll have a regular episode on Friday with a very special guest, heavyweight crypto personality you all know. Don't forget to check out our One ETH Giveaway Sabaton Challenge, link in the show notes. Without further ado, if you did not get a chance to go to ETH Denver, but wonder what it would be like to walk its halls and talk to its builders at the front lines of Web3, this is the episode for you. Audio is a bit rough, but it just adds to authenticity of what it's like to be at ETH Denver. All the hustle and bustle of thousands of excited people. Protocol last year called Rift Finance, where we were creating a liquidity marketplace for uh, decentralized exchanges. So we paired up market makers and liquidity providers who were looking for safe yield with uh, DAOs or token projects, and they could pay for the liquidity by taking on risks uh, as an LP and a Uniswap or SwapSwap. Uh, currently, we're working on some new products, so that's out there in my monetary mainnet. Uh, new products are focused on capital efficiency for traders, so uh, specifically looking for traders who are uh, moving high volume, uh, doing high frequency trading across chain and cross protocol. Um, and we're uh, yeah, developing some like capital efficiency and risk engines to uh, lower marginal requirements and uh, create a better trading experience. So uh, yeah, that's for Kirsten. And, uh, uh, so if you have a token, one way to get liquidity is uh, liquidity mining. That's pretty unsustainable, and we've seen all of the, like, the drawbacks of doing that in, on, on token price at the end of the day. Um, and so we created a healthier structured financial product where uh, DAOs could uh, incentivize that liquidity in a much healthier way by paying out a fixed rate to LPs in their pools um, and do so by taking on risk instead of just paying out liquidity mining rewards where these tokens are going to hand, uh, to the hands of uh, mercenary liquidity providers who really don't care about the DAO at the end of the day. They really just care about um, profits, which makes sense what companies are there for. Um, so yeah, we just created a, a more healthy structured financial product for both of these parties to pair up the marketplace. Sure, so my name is Nikki, and yeah, I'm, as you may see, I'm at I am Aldiona and I am leading the developer advocacy at ZKC. 
might sometimes delegate on these nodes to support our efforts to create resources to, you know, like uh, help their ecosystem grow to some extent. And then we have integrations. So when we add a new language to our backend, foundations that are, for instance, pushing a new domain-specific languages uh, are funding the, grace, the creation of all these new challenges and visual assets so that they have, um, they're able to offer a better onboarding experience for, for developers that are curious about their stack. Uh, another thing that's coming in, but we're not there yet again, is matchmaking. We're trying to create a matchmaking ground between ecosystem and contributors. And uh, if ever there is some kind of match made for a job or issuing a grant, we are trying to find a way to position ourselves in, uh, in the whole payment process in a way that satisfies both of us. I'm Luke Grande, uh, Senior Customer Growth Manager. We're at Crypto, essentially providing developers and enterprise customers with web3 architecture to build out the next best of exciting projects. How many chains do you guys support? 18 right now. I can't name them all off the top of my head, uh, but most EVM chains, a lot of Bitcoin, uh, we're adding more and more. Well, it starts with the developers, and they essentially their own companies, and uh, move over to the separate companies. So I think we want to get in at a low level, and also work with those larger enterprise customers as well. Uh, we just released Quick Alerts, which is essentially a web alerting system. Uh, it's actually WebSockets on steroids, what we like to call it. Uh, we have a public data doc report that will compare our uh, uh, to other ones across the industry, and we're always at the top of ours the fastest. Hi, I'm Neil with Techos Associates. We're valuation advisory services focused specifically on digital assets and crypto. How long have you guys been around? Well, we've been around as a firm for about 15 years, and uh, we started doing some work in the crypto space about seven, eight years ago for some pretty well-known uh, projects, and really from that, we started doing the majority of the digital asset and valuation work in the space. About any projects that are out there, any large projects that are like L1, L2 projects, or anything like that, anything that has a digital asset component to it, um, or related assets, let's say, uh, our clients, we actually work with VCs and angel investors as well, and um, you know, individuals, anyone who's got any sort of asset involved. Uh, the need for valuation based off of transactions or tax bills is pretty good help. Awesome. And since you are valuation experts, yeah. when does the bear market end? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> it's going to be like this forever. No, no. We, have, we are all hopeful. Like, if I could predict that, I guess I would be retired in all capacities. But I really feel like you know we're seeing the corner turn right now. Um, obviously, we had a real tough end of the year. Well, last six months of the end of the year. But you know, we're seeing events like this, we're seeing a lot of traction in terms of investment in this space. So we're really you know, pumped so, to see what's going on. So do you foresee like a soft landing? Like the Fed is going to manage soft landing? Or do you think it's going to be like, you know, the macro-wise? Yeah. I mean, for a recession or is it, is it basically over? Uh, I think we're not through everything just yet. I think um, people are still kind of a little bit uh, apprehensive about putting you know, capital out there the same way they have been historically. It's taking a little bit longer to close deals, but um, we are seeing some traction in this case. So I am certainly positive. Hey, I'm Yash from FDOT. Uh, I handle developer relations over here. And what does Web3 all do? Yeah, so Web3 all is a key management platform. Just think about it, it's like very easy for them to forget your seat pieces and everything. So what we do is a one-click Google login and you are done. And in, in the background, we actually like generate self-custody wallet for them. 
they own the keys, we don't because we have an MPC technology in which the keys are distributed all across the node network and they own the files. So it's a pretty seamless process and monthly Google login, that's how you are done, you can access the blockchain. We have been here for a while, uh, we launched around uh, three four years ago and we have around 12 million users right now and that's yeah, really good. So we are working with a lot of abstraction and smart contract wallets and that's one of the most exciting things according to us. MPC is account abstraction is the way to go on the and I'm sure that's where the Ethereum ecosystem is trying to go. Hi, my name is Calvin uh, Hartzard. I work at Brave um, as a security engineer, um, doing auditing of the actual uh, wallet, um, as well as auditing of the browser to make sure that we're actually upholding our brand values in terms of privacy and security. We're the, the best privacy online, so essentially we want to create a browsing experience that is able to actually be able to um, basically have privacy by default, um, so that it's not like Firefox where you've got to be able to configure all the things in order to actually make it work, but rather you can download it, use it, and get privacy right away. Um, yeah, so native integration capabilities that we have, so we actually run a self-custody wallet um, and part of the advantage of this is it's built directly into the browser on all different platforms um, and it's a multi-chain wallet so we actually are able to use uh, Solana, all EVM based um, uh, compatible uh, chains and then also Filecoin um, and with that we have the ability to do swapping NFT profile or NFT um, uh, portfolios um, and be able to keep track of a lot of these different things to be able to meet all the different needs that the user are looking for. Uh, additionally, we also have the rewards program, uh, which is a way that we're able to pay uh, the back token uh, to our users um, in order to... You know, I've got a bone to pick with you about your rewards program. Yep. Like, to be able to claim the tokens, yep. you basically have to dox yourself. You have to like sign with the Gemini, right? Or something like yep. that. Are you guys thinking about like making it in a way where you don't have to like dox your identity, you know? Yep, we're, we're absolutely thinking about ways in which we can decentralize these things. Um, uh, so basically the things that we're taking into consideration right now are um, what are the different ways that we can actually be able to move to a more decentralized aspect because we believe in that ethos to be able to make it work a little bit better um, and to be able to reduce the risk that's actually being attempted and make it more private for people to be able to use the rewards program. So the thing that we just launched um, uh, just recently was the uh, AI summarizer inside of Brave Search. We actually have a search uh, search team at search.brave.com. Um, and so we're taking a look at how can we integrate um, AI and large language models into that. So we just were able to launch a feature on this just recently in order to make that happen. My name is Gautam Dabecha. I work at Parity and I work in the business development department of Parity. So Polkadot is a multi-chain platform that allows you to build highly scalable and optimized applications on shards which are called parachains. The most exciting thing on the roadmap this year is we are bringing in an optimization called asynchronous backing that will allow the throughput will be at least twice of what it is now, so it will be much more scalable to use Polkadot later this year. Yes, we have a shard called Moonbeam, which is compatible with EDL. Hey, yeah, my name is Benjamin, and I work on the marketing and integration skills at Threshold DAO. Um, so, day-to-day -day it just changes, you know, DAO startup. DAO life is kind of like startup life where there's a lot of work to be done and not always a lot of people to do it, so a huge part of it is just learning learning the people, uh, the space, and uh, the needs, and then finding ways to fill those needs. Could you tell us what is, what, what is Threshold all about? So Threshold is all about allowing people freedom in DeFi, right? And, and in web space and in controlling their assets. So 
we have two um, two sort of prongs right now to our uh, network. One is our decentralized Bitcoin to Ethereum bridge, which we launched on January 31st, and that allows people to maintain uh, custody of their Bitcoin while still participating in DeFi and not having to worry about you know a centralized authority sweeping out the underlying Bitcoin away from them. Um, it's very interesting. How do you guys how do you guys actually do it? How what are you using to kind of bridge? How, how does it? How do we bridge? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, so it's a series of smart contracts and a, a large network of nodes. Um, and so if someone wants to take their Bitcoin and use it on Ethereum, they go to our decentralized or sorry to our our D app on our uh, website, which is threshold.network. They generate a new uh, Bitcoin address. They deposit their Bitcoin. Once it's validated, they get sent the equivalent ERC20 TBTC token, and then they can use that to do whatever they want to do. With how do you, what is the Bitcoin locked? Like, is, is it like a, some side chain, or how do you? How is it locked? Yeah. So, um, so when they're generating that uh, wallet, the key, the private, the private key, is split up into a hundred pieces and sent one piece to each of a hundred nodes. Um, that's then, super cool. I've, I've not heard that before. That, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so we have like a. We call it optimistic minting and um, and then probability. Uh, it's a probability model of security for the, the Bitcoin. Um, previously, we had TBCV1 and it was not permanently scalable because we required 150% collateral. Um, and that just isn't, you can't really scale that long term. We hit 300 million total value locked, but that meant there was 450 million collateral locked behind that as well. Um, this way, you don't require that kind of collateral. Um, and the security measure is basically we're making the assumption that people on average are good. And as long as at least 51 of the 100 are cooperating and acting appropriately, then everything's safe. And if, if you look at probabilistically at it, there's almost no chance that you're going to have less than 51 of 100 um, people cooperating and, and, and have behaving. You, you fully launched? How long have you been around? Are you main that fully launched? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the bridge launched January 31st, so just over a month ago. We're currently at about 10 million total value lock. Um, Threshold's been around as a DAO for over a year, um, and the companies behind Threshold, Keep and New Cipher, have been poking around. I think since like 2016, 2017, um, and we're actually the first ever. Threshold's a product of the first ever on-chain merger uh, between two projects. So two totally different teams working on the same problem. Their community said, "Hey, you guys are doing the same things. Why don't you just do it together?" And so they merged protocols, and we went from two tokens to the threshold token. It's just a really crazy world, crazy, crazy industry. So. My name is David Kong. I do technical communications for the Arweave ecosystem. Arweave is about truly permanent, decentralized storage. Uh, you pay one-time fee to store any data that you like, and it's uh, on the permaweb forever. You guys are used by Solana, right? Solana is used to you heavily. Uh, yes, we're used by Solana, Ethereum, I mean everybody. Uh, you know, we're compatible for anybody who needs permanent storage uh, in Web3. How long have you guys been around? Mainnet on Arweave has been up for almost five years. Oh yeah, sure. I'd say uh, the idea of Arweave becoming a content blockchain supporting decentralized social apps across all of crypto. How many nodes? Do you know roughly how many nodes do you, do you guys uh, have? I think like uh, between two to three hundred globally right now. Right. Awesome. I'm Stephanie Lynch. I am the SVP of marketing for Alicet. We are a layer two blockchain, UTXO based. So UTXO based? UTXO based. Wow. So we can offer the security of Bitcoin, 
but scalability of Ethereum. Our smart contracts run on Ethereum and allow us to do a lot of really cool things. We are a sponsor this year of the art gallery, and if you go into the art gallery, you can see physical artwork on the walls. That physical artwork is available for purchase, and when you purchase it, a certificate of authenticity is yours and authenticates the provenance of that artwork. That lives on AliceNet on chain. So the benefit of AliceNet technology is that we're securing fine art and doing a lot more. You can check us out on alice.net. So we've been working on the technology for about two years. We've worked the project, so we've pivoted, and now we're focused more on identity and data storage. Most of the most exciting thing on our roadmap is really our partnership with Valence. So Valence is our partner company. They provide the sales and business development that taps us into the Web2 world. So we are a Web3 infrastructure and Web3 only. But with Valence, we have this crossover bridge in the Web2. Hello, I'm Yevgeny. I'm co-founder of Fluence, and we are doing a decentralized serverless platform which basically is the um, replacement to traditional um, cloud functions, cloud serverless uh, stack, and like clouds like Amazon, Google, and, and Azure. So this is the blockchain network, and we organize the marketplace of compute providers. So basically anyone can join, run a node, bring their compute capacity to the network, um, and then developers can use our tool stack to create functions and deploy them to network to like one provider or several providers, there are also like cool features like full tolerance, you know, load balancing, failovers and stuff like that. Um, we actually just launched Marketplace on Testnet. So you like tooling is uh, is like wallets ready, like if you're a developer, you um, would be able to use our CLI to deploy, like to create and deploy functions to network. Um, and the payment layer is on the testnet um, and you know um, Excited to have people test it, play with it, uh, and mainnet's coming later this year. Well, I guess one of the great parts of our protocol is the proof system. So basically, when you run stuff on our network, um, provide like providers as a, as a part of serving your uh, functions of your application, they submit proofs of computations which are verifiable on chain. Um, like we have probabilistic verification on chain and like some additional verification on chain. So my name is Alex Vinas and I'm a product marketing at Cowshop. And Cowshop is a Metradex aggregator that aims to solve the way uh, currently trading is happening on Ethereum. And we do that by using a delegating trading model on top of patch auctions that allow us to be a Metadex aggregator, essentially being a layer on top of all AMMs and aggregators. And the cool thing is that instead of executing uh, each trade, uh, each transaction per trade, uh, because we use batch auctions, we're able to aggregate multiple trades together and execute them in a single Ethereum transaction. We are currently deployed on Ethereum mainnet, Gnosis chain, and Gurley testnet. The most exciting thing on the roadmap is the uh, enabling the DAOs to be able to tap onto their treasuries and have access to better tools for trading. So effectively, enabling DAOs to be able to do trading more easily. Hey, how you doing? My name is James Dale. I'm the head of talent at Rizero. Um, always on the hunt for great talent, specifically in cryptography and ZK rollup. So if you're in the market and security. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in the market, I'm the guy to definitely talk to. Sure, I'll pass it off. <laughs> Great. I'm Sabri Blackman. I'm DevRel of Rest Zero. Uh, we have Rest Zero. We make ZK easy. 
Um, so our big thing is EKVM. So you can run uh, programs in Rust, C++. We're working on Go. Um, very generic target for ZK development. You get a proof out of it. Um, very, very good developer experience we're working on. And we just talked, uh, did a Bonsai this week, and Bonsai is our ZK VM as a service. And so you, oh yeah, so like Bonsai is open for early access right now. Um, we're trying to get people to poke at it, uh, submit some programs, get some proofs, and, and figure out what they can do with it. Oh boy, I've only been here for about a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, about six months, uh, six or seven months, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Very new. Um, the company's been around. The founders have been doing this for, they've been thinking about this for a long time. And so it's finally coming to fruition. Um, honestly, I think for me, I want to get ZKVM across verticals in different industries. I want to see. People from IoT using this. I want to see this. You know, Web two companies using ZKVMs. We're really trying to, to make that onboarding experience for developers so easy and so compelling that developers from all industries can hop on ZK without even thinking about it. Hey, I'm Alan Orwick. I'm one of the co-founders of Quine Network. Quine Network is a sharded network of merged mine chains, and we target fifty thousand TPS by having a dynamic sharded network. So we do that by having the properties of merged mining secure many blockchains at once. Merged mining is the idea of doing proof of work across many different blockchains and then achieving various levels of work to secure them equally. Within Quine Network, there's these many blockchains that use that merged mining topology to allow them to have the same level of security while increasing the overall throughput of the network. Yeah, so ultimately within Quine Network, there's different block times across the hierarchy. So it's structured in three levels. That's kind of arbitrary. It could be more based off of design and topology. But within those levels, the top layer runs at 1,000 seconds. The second layer runs at 100 seconds. And then the base layer of level three runs at 10-second blocks. And ultimately, it depends on your trade-off cost on the transaction that you want to do. And you'll wait the appropriate amount of time for the work to aggregate and settle for that transaction value. So say I'm buying a house with crypto, then you might wait the half a million levels of work on that transaction to know that it's absolutely finalized. You see that same process happen with exchanges. Say I put Bitcoin into Coinbase, then that Coinbase exchange and process will make me wait three Bitcoin blocks based off of the transaction value for similar amounts. Yeah, so we're aiming to be EVM equivalent. Right now we're EVM compatible. And in our next testnet, the IronH testnet, we will have EVM contracts that people can deploy and use. It's a great question. Main net we're targeting this year Testnet kind of ebbs and flows depending on internal status and progress. We've been working on testnet for the past six months for this next iteration of what we're shipping. And prior, we've had two testnets for Quiet Network that have been relatively successful. Yeah, based off demand. So we aim to be more like Ethereum based off demand, but the main benefit with what we're doing in Quiet is that we have more block space that can accommodate more demand. And that block space grows based off demand. And we can calculate that actually within the protocol based off the uncle rate that is achieved. So if you say that a transaction is overflowing the block space, then the network can then detect that it needs to create more shards to accommodate more users and more demand on the chain. Uh, hi, I'm Tasha, and I do marketing things at Open Labs. We are scaling the optimistic collective and the optimistic vision, um, including the super chain. So, uh, yeah. You guys have a lot of news lately. We do, yeah. We're super excited about the base announcement. They're joining us as the second core dev for the super chain. Uh, looking forward to getting even more people contributing to this 
uh, open source uh, collective effort to make all chains interoperable with each other. What would you say is the most exciting thing on the roadmap? Ooh, so many things. Uh, two that I'll call out specifically. So yeah, the next iteration of the super chain, building the MVP so that anybody can build on top of it, um, hopefully later this year. And then the second thing I'm really excited about is Retro PGF, which stands for Retroactive Public Goods Funding. It basically is a mechanism for us to grow the optimism ecosystem by giving funding back to projects for making an impact. This most recent round, we distributed 10 million uh, OP tokens. We're currently in the process of distributing them to projects. Hi, I'm Connor. I'm a product manager at Orchid. So, the main thing about Orchid is this whole concept of a nano payment. So, we've put together the system that allows us to send really, really tiny payments. Like, we're talking fractions of fractions of a penny, or essentially nothing in gas fees. So, as a result of that, we're able to facilitate these marketplaces where you have a service provider that provides some kind of service where the individual unit is not worth that much in money. As a result, a lot of people have had these like mismatched payment monetization models that don't really make sense for them and have all these rough value propositions that make sense for them. So instead of doing that, what if you could just take this little individual unit that's not worth much money and charge them directly for it? That's the kind of marketplace that Orca's nanopayment structure enables. We're a layer two protocol built on Ethereum. We use probabilistic roll-ups to reduce the cost of gas fees to next to nothing. And as a result of that, we can, we can charge people fractions of fractions of cents, and they're essentially paying almost nothing in gas fees. So, yeah, we launched our mainnet in December 2019, and we're currently getting ready to deploy the newest version of our contract to allow other developers to deploy a contract on our layer 2 and make use of our nano payment system for their specific payment protocol needs. Uh, we don't believe in roadmaps. That gets people into our systems for the wrong reasons. It gets people that are just for financial and speculative reasons. But we're really a utility protocol that's trying to find people that have a use for us rather than just trying to squeeze money out of another project. Yeah, uh, my name is Kunal Amin. I'm actually the founder of the UDS project. Yeah. And uh, what UDS is all about is saving you money. We actually aggregate other aggregators on the open market, all with the goal of making sure that you save money. But we actually do this for a lot of other sources, like leverage trading, uh, options trading, and even data. And the whole, our bottom line is to make sure that anything you do, we save you the most amount of money possible and make every dollar count. We actually support every EVM network out there, actually. Um, we're thinking about uh, supporting things like Cosmos Network with Osmosis and Jira. But right now we're all EVM based, but we do support all EVM chains. We've been around for about two years now, a little bit more than that, and we're still going strong. The most exciting thing on our roadmap would be our upcoming Optimism app chain, and we're going to be rolling that out fairly soon, so keep your eyes on that. But it's going to be a network that is dedicated for traders and uh, mostly all retail users to get low transaction fees. My name is Devin Marty, I'm one of the co-founders of Solve. We are part of Fedora, privacy security blockchain. And uh, what we do is we do high-end audio hardware that helps you experience uh, augmented music, right? VR, AR, computers, essentially. So these are headphones designed by the same guy who uh, designed Beats by Dre. Uh, and pretty much every consumer headphone you've touched in the past 10 years uh, has been influenced by him in some way. So we're trying to change what music means, uh, how to make music more social and uh, give you uh, an experience that, you know, you've listened to that same song for the past 10 years, let's, let's make it different, right? Make it a little more special and allow you to interface and connect with those artists that 
that you would otherwise never use. Right? So I really like Popstar model and it's a whole new way of music and collecting and connecting with viewers. So no, we uh, we go live here in uh, late Q2. Um, so we do have some portions of when you launched. Uh, we have something called the Sangas, a weekly comic book venture. You can go see our NFTs on the San Diego's been live since September. And what you can do is you can soul bind those NFTs. And what that does is it effectively locks it in your wallet. Um, it cannot be removed. You pay a one-time fee, and for that one-time fee, you receive these, as well as a bunch of other perks in the augmented metaverse uh, or audio metaverse, which we call Soundscape. Um, and then, yeah, these uh, headphones will go live in summer with the platform and a bunch of other flagship features that go with it. My name is Brandon. I work for Protocol Labs, which is the parent organization of uh, IPFS and Falkland. So IPFS is like a gateway, right? So if you see your HTTPS in the, um, in the Web2 world, the IPFS is like that for the Web3 world. So it's a, it's a storage network as well, lots of nodes in there. Um, and then Filecoin is a more decentralized version, which is a network of storage providers and people that want to store their uh, assets on uh, chain, and they can broker deals that are uh, per a certain a portion of time. Um, and then once they those, they have those deals, they're verified on chain uh, via proof of space time. The most exciting thing on the roadmap is the virtual machine launch coming up. Uh, 314, Pi Day. So we'll be launching a native virtual machine on the Falkland network, and we're also going to have a EBM compatible uh, VM as well. I'm Danny, I'm the Managing Director at Hype Partners, and we are a Web3 marketing agency. So what's all the hype about? Uh, we've been around since 2017, about 130 staff globally, and we work with broad range of uh, clients across the Web3 spectrum. We're Web3 natives, uh, everything from gaming to NFTs to DeFi, big layer ones, and uh, yeah, everything from social to community management, community building and growth, through to branding, development marketing, you name it, we do it. Actually, the most exciting thing on the roadmap is probably what you see behind us. As you can see, the, the Hype group actually has a few different elements to it. So we also have Hype Partners, which is one of the largest Web3 recruitment companies. So we place a lot of uh, high-end Web3 talent in a lot of the big blockchain spaces. Uh, and we also have Incubate and Hype Infra, which are new products this year. And Incubate, we are working with a number of uh, big ecosystems to help them incubate their uh, up-and-coming projects. So uh, the grant winners and the hackathon winners, the, the projects that maybe need support, need marketing support to go to market, they'll offer them the grants, we offer them the marketing, we help them go to market. So this is Sally, I'm from rabbitgo.io. We are doing the ha growth hacker solution for Web3 projects to bring more valuable users for them. Yeah, marketing, but we do both product and service. So service side, we have the connection to Hi, my name is Steve. I'm at Vondal. I work as an engineer as well as some product stuff. 
Uh, we're out here just talking. We're at the Calltown booth, having a great time in Denver. Uh, just going to explain a little bit what Park Protocol is. We are a peer-to-peer liquidity hub, so anytime someone wants to tap into the value of their assets, whether that's a GameFi asset, traditional PFP NFT, ERC-20 tokens, you name it, you can come and get a loan on our site from another lender or borrower. You both agree on the terms. There's no risk of liquidation. We don't use workings on-chain, and then that's pretty much it. You repay the loan, you get your... You get your collateral back, you default, lender collects the collateral, it's as simple as that. Now the tokens get locked in in our smart contract that is revoked ownership, it's just a medium pool. Uh, but right now we're working on something where you can keep your collateral in, an, in a wallet you own and also get a loan against the transfer rights to that token. It's called PondSafe and it's a very exciting product that will be coming out here in the near future. Oh, so the most exciting thing is definitely the bond save that I just mentioned. That's going to really help GameFi communities tap into the value of their assets and still be able to play with the main game without having to sell to get access to that. My name is Mike and I'm co-founder and the COO of Web Studios. So Web Studios is part of Web Group, which is a Web3 gaming ecosystem. So we incorporate uh, acquisitions, developments, and uh, investments in Web3 blockchain gaming. And we also have uh, Web Trading, which is like a, uh, it's a way, it's strategies for uh, making the most of the market. So that includes uh, leverage trading the market. Uh, it means arbitrage and uh, just general spot trading. And we also have Web Guilds, which is where we invite uh, our community to play in blockchain games using the assets that we've acquired as part of our strategies. And there is one more, which is Web Ventures, which is like our, uh, our venture swing course that invests in uh, seed rounds, private rounds for upcoming Web3 gaming, and also. Uh, general metaverse projects as well. You guys are busy. You guys are doing a lot. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Yeah. What is the most exciting thing on the roadmap? Okay, so definitely the most exciting thing we're doing is uh, the release of our uh, game launcher and multiple games that we're bringing out this year. So we got a, uh, a game we've got called Warring Tribes, which is like a strategy auto battler. Uh, that's hoping to be launched in. Maybe the very end of Q1, potentially uh, the beginning of Q2. We've got uh, Penguin Karts coming out, which is uh, Think Mario Karts with Penguins, and you're on the right track. That's hopefully going to be Q2 as well. And then we've got a very exciting uh, partnership with Antara, which is a game, think about Clash of Clans on the blockchain, and you're on the right track. And that's going to be a winner. i got a feeling that's, that's going to be awesome. a winner. That's going to be a winner. That's going to be coming out hopefully by the end of the year, but they're also simultaneously launching a Hollywood film that they've raised the funds for with their NFT sales, and that has got some, they've got Hollywood's uh, superstars in that. I can't give any names because they're not quite, they're 80% confirmed, but it's, we're talking big franchise names. So yeah, super exciting uh, just to get, get our games out there, get people playing. Hey, I'm Nicholas. I am the co-initiator of uh, Q.org, the Q protocol. We build uh, the infrastructure for network states, a fully decentralized universal framework for governance, including uh, rule setting, voting, and dispute resolution. We 
go beyond Codazole because not the whole world can be coded. Okay, so, so what we can do is we can do code upgrades without any multisig or master keys in a fully decentralized way, taking away that risk of rock pulls, but also uh, regulatory risk that that's, uh, comes with that. Uh, what we can also do is we can, in a fully decentralized manner, um, answer questions for really system-critical DeFi and stuff like uh, what's an eligible asset, risk parameters, all the things that went wrong with like the Mango Dao hack or other hacks, uh, governance hacks of the last 18 months, essentially. Is it on? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, well, what can I say? We're at ETH Denver 2023. This is the Giveth booth. And Giveth is a platform to make donations to four good projects in crypto. We've been around since 2016 and we provide an awesome experience for project owners all over the world to start a project and raise funds for their impact projects. Um, and at ETH Denver, we have been doing these impact quests. So we partnered up with about almost a dozen uh, local nonprofits in Denver. People have been completing quests all week, like donating crypto, donating food, donating clothing, um, and they're winning awesome prizes. Like we've got these hardware wallets, We've got some stuff donated from Aragon, so like these cool water bottles, notebooks, a bunch of Giveth swag, some ETH Denver swag. So last day, it's going awesome, and we're super grateful for everybody's support. I'm Jack Newton. I'm head of sales at GateFi, a new on-ramp that was announced in November. Coming out of private beta here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, what makes us different from current on-ramps in the space? Well, current on-ramps are tech companies trying to get payments. We're actually a payment company getting into crypto, so we're backed by a company called Unlimit. They're an old school Web2 payment processor, and they have the largest financial stack I've seen in the space. So uh, we're super excited to reach emerging markets and come in on e-wallets that people use in their everyday life. Been around, well, the company's been around 12 years. Our product has been around since last summer. A lot of companies do have a hard time with regulation, but again, we're a traditional Web2 business. So we have 16 offices worldwide. We have 500 people. Uh, we're local acquirers in many markets, working with directly with the central governments and, uh, and facilitating payments in those local economies. So, um, yeah, we have a giant team working on compliance 24-7-365. Yeah, hi, I'm Cardin. I'm a founder of Hyper Oracle. Uh, so we are building a decentralized, unstoppable ZK Oracle network. And uh, the user, basically what we do is like we take the on-chain data and then generate the zero knowledge proof for the off-chain computation and then submit it back to the blockchain. So I'll send it to somebody else, the computational result. So there's two kinds of usage. First, we call it ZK indexing. Basically, you take the on-chain data and do the computation by yourself, by any node, and then send it to somebody else. And that client will be able to verify it by themselves off-chain. And then another way we do it, we can submit the computational result back to the blockchain to do the automation. Uh, POC, we just show our POC in ZK days, and uh, we will launch the test net on June. June. And uh, we will try to launch the main net uh, by the end of this year. We attach on Ethereum. Ethereum, awesome. Yeah, and uh, that's made us unstoppable. Because uh, I think the core value for blockchain is uh, unstoppable. No entity, no government can shut it down. So I see that right now all these like, Oracle network like Chaining, the Graph, Gelato, and they have staking and slashing mechanism to ensure the integrity of the nodes. But that thing, which means like, first, it's not uh, enforcing the data correctness. And second is like, if you, the government or uh, somebody shut down the entity, 
uh, nobody should execute the slashing uh, staking mechanism. Like that network will be break down. But for us, it's more like a big one. It's like nobody doing the proof, the profit to do the proof will be increased, and no need to have any entity to do the slashing for the network because like it's just decentralized. Uh, Once we launch that, we cannot even shut it down. That's a music to my ears. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my name is Ahmed, and I'm a developer relations and integrations engineer at Scroll. And yeah, I really like working at Scroll because it's very tied with Ethereum, because CK EDM, so it makes it even faster, cheaper, and also doesn't sacrifice security. So yeah, if you really like Ethereum, you also like because the, the scroll is an open source project that is a derivative work from Ethereum and also contributes back to Ethereum old days. So, yeah, so we just launched Testnet this Monday, and yeah, we're on early Testnet. So, if you're a developer or a user that wants to see how everything is going to work, you're free to do so now. And yeah, so next step will be mainnet, uh, hopefully. Hi, my name is Nikki, and I'm a dev at Etherpy. Uh, I'm working on everything surrounding our product. Uh, so, Etherpy is another delegated staking protocol that will eventually kind of have a liquid staking token. Our one key differentiating factor, though, uh, in comparison to the other LSTs out there, is that we allow the stakers to control their validator keys. Um, this means that at any point in time, if you've staked with, um, with us, into our EVM token, um, you can actually withdraw the validator um, post Shanghai. Um, we think that this differentiates us from a bunch of other protocols, uh, where the node operator is the one responsible for generating and holding the validator keys. Um, we push this responsibility onto the staker because um, there's many situations where node operators could be either hacked or compromised or contacted by the SEC. Um, which would result in a potentially locking of the ETH in the validator um, and potentially a run on their liquidity pools as a result um, due to the ensuing panic. Um, so we intend to like solve this by, gen by allowing the stakers to generate the validator keys, encrypting them, and then passing them off to the node operator where, they, where they're delegating the staking role to. Um, so right now we have um, our institutional staking platform launched on uh, Gurley. Um, we're transitioning that to Jiang Jiang so we can test our withdrawal system out. Um, and we're hoping to launch our phase one in April. Um, right now we're partnered with um, a bunch of different node operator partners um, like DSRV in Korea, we have Kiln, um, and a bunch of others. I'm not sure if they're available on our website. Um, I can't list them all by name right now. I think it's four or five chain nodes in Europe as well. Um, yeah. Hi, my name is Rachel, and I do people ops and HR at Supermodular. 
And tell us what is Super Module all about? Yeah, we are a studio that builds region Web3 products. Uh, so we really focus on impact and public goods. We do everything from, uh, we have Fiddlebox, which is a hackathon service. So uh, we actually just launched here in Denver, super pumped. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> we also do a number of educational uh, resources as well. We've got a podcast, books. We've got partnerships with others in the, uh, in the ecosystem. So. Um, and some projects coming forth in the next few months that we're super pumped about. So follow us on Twitter. Yeah, so right now I would say Fiddlebox. Um, we just launched our full service hackathon product. Um, and so we're really pumped to give fiddlers a place to fiddle, uh, but also sponsors and partners a place to host their hackathons. My name is Nick. I work for Community Gaming on Partnerships. And I'm here at Denver having a good time. We're at the end almost, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> what is Community Gaming all about? Community Gaming, we are a tournament esports platform. Uh, we have Web 2 and Web 3 capabilities. We've worked on games on both sides, and we're definitely excited about the promising future. Most exciting thing on the roadmap, well, there's definitely quite a bit, but I would say, in our case, uh, the expansion of the amount of games that we're looking forward to, especially in the Web 3 space, throwing on events for them, and the continual growth of the scene. Hey, I'm Jacob C. E. I'm the founder of Hyperplay. We are a Web3 native game launcher and an aggregator of game stores. So we allow the player to install games from many different stores like the Hyperplay Store, the Epic Game Store, or GOG. And then our desktop application passes the player's native wallet, or passes the player's MetaMask or Wallet Connect wallet into native games or browser games. So we're kind of like Steam for Web3, uh, but we do a lot more than Steam, and our app is actually nicer than Steam. Um, and we, we want to help developers have access to players without fear of being deplatformed by monopolies like Apple and Steam. Like the son of death. Yeah, and, and we want to stop those monopolies from forcing these 30% transaction fees on developers. We don't take any cut of in-game transactions, so everything is between the developer and the user. Uh, yeah. how, how long have you guys been around? Uh, we launched three days ago. Oh, congrats. congrats. Yeah, th thank you. It's, it's an alpha. So we launched an alpha here at East Denver. Um, we have 21 launch titles, uh, including the Sandbox, uh, Phantom Galaxies, the Bornless, Gridiron, uh, the Beacon, Dark Throne, Boxy Tactics. Uh, those are, those are uh, some of my favorite titles. Well, so, I mean, right now our, our biggest priority is just improving the wallet interactions, making the, the app super smooth and stable. But we are planning other long-term things around achievements, around transaction allowances to, to make it where you don't have to approve, approve every in-game transaction. You can give an allowance to a specific game. Uh, we're, we're trying to improve every aspect of the Web3 gaming experience and to, to really, you know, to really improve Web3 gaming and help us move past mini games and browsers or games where you have to leave the game to go to some separate website to do any sort of transactions and so the NFTs feel like a gimmick. Like we, we need to create better, more immersive Web3 game worlds and that's really our focus. Awesome, awesome. And on that bombshell, we end the show. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Web3 Trenches podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at web 3D3V at G-E-S-S-T-A-R-R. -S -S and until next time, keep digging deeper, my friends. <laughs>